All right, so uh, I'm on the road again. <laughs> it's probably gonna be a real short one. Uh, I gotta return a rental car. But the Twitter space I did yesterday obviously set off a bell for a lot of you. And it was intended to do that. Because sometimes people get very lackadaisical, very complacent, thinking they have a million million days and months ahead that they could just put things off and I'll get around to it when I got time for it. Well, today's Father's Day, by the way, for everyone that's a father. Get to set, spend that with my kids later on. But yesterday's message was uh, kind of like what I tell my own kids. They got to get ready. They got to get things in motion. Sometimes the way it's given to you, if it's not spiced up with a sense of urgency, it could be ignored. Now, a lot of you took what I said yesterday and looked into what I was suggesting is going on. Gonna fill this one up with all that. I said what I said yesterday. That's what this is. But after I did this space and closed the session out, I got to thinking how I could have included <laughs> how I was actually trading when I first started using that idea that I was out running my space. Brown used to take a chart for direction lines. And look for a 60 minute chart to diverge foolishly when it's oversold to the long. So, the question is going to be obviously, how did I actually execute? What was I doing? What was the things that led me to get me into the trade? How did I do it if I was working a job? Well, I mentioned in uh, previous discussions and also in videos on YouTube and such that I used a device called a pump track. Machine that's told me what the actual prices were real time on whatever exchange I at the time subscribed to. So I want you to think about what I'm going to tell you, okay? And imagine how, before you started trading, what got you into it, what got you interested in it, who got you interested in it, and what your expectations were versus what they are today. When I first started, obviously, I was brand new, right after reading Ken Roberts' ridiculous book, making me think I could figure this out. Just by one passing through, it would be very, very elementary book. doesn't teach anything except for it incites green, incites impulsiveness, and an unrealistic expectation that it's going to be easy to make millions of dollars. And I found out very quickly and so really. It was not true, and I did not even come close. So, obviously, uh, when I got into three a little bit more indicator-based ideas, because of Larry Williams' influence, I imagine this is what my day was like, okay? I lived with my hand. I paid for the board with them, and I made 50 hours a week. I was welcome to have a meal with them once a week. Not that they would kick me from eating, but I'm 
much of his mom's responsibility and he claims it by his responsibility. And that was basically paid for whatever utilities I used. Miles gave myself a little too weak. Was he a man? And I, uh, I got set up with the, a discount broker because my first foray in trading was with Fox Investments. And as I mentioned before, I was paying $100 round turn for one contract. And that's just the way they placed us back in this. They called it full service brokerage when really, you know, they really didn't help any more than any other broker would. So my day would consist of getting up in the morning around four o'clock in the morning, 15 minutes to shower, dress, and rush out the door and then do an hour drive in about 40 minutes. So every day I was speeding. Every single day I was way over the speed limit. Because I would usually stay up until around 1.30 in the morning looking at charts. So I would get out to Owens Mills. Use the key to open up the warehouse, get in the back, load up my truck last-minute things that I didn't have in the warehouse, any specific sodas, juices, any coffee blends that certain office places need to have, all the stuff that would be a delivery item for that particular route day. And then by 6 o'clock, I'm on the road. And my route consists of downtown Baltimore, Glen Burnie, all the way up to just about Aberdeen, Maryland. And then we finish out around Hunt Valley and then some, some stops on some days for, you know, and I would be back to the warehouse. I would go to the next day. Then they don't come. Well, the question is going to be how can I find time to actually enter trade? Now, this is going to be, I might get this. This time of the year, because I'm going to go to the harvest one, so I'm not going to think about that, so we'll see. If it kicks me off, I'll do it again. So far, so good. I just don't want to do too much talking and have to repeat myself. Give me a couple minutes. I've talked a couple minutes. Didn't even say the F word. Except for Father's Day. <laughs> That's two words in my book. Give me a second. Just want to make sure we get through the tunnel. While you're waiting, and if you can hear me, let me know what you're doing today for Father's Day. Looks like we survived it. I don't want to say it too soon because it's connected again. All right. So the question is, have how did I do all the trading? How did I put the orders in? Because back then we didn't have cell phones. Well, let me put it this way. Cell phones were not something that everybody has had for granted like we have today. So 
during my route, now really think about this. The young guys and gals in here listening, they're really not going to fully appreciate this, but for folks that were, are old enough now to look back and remember phone booths and pay phones, yeah, those weird devices you had to put money in to make a phone call. <laughs> the corner, the corner stop, drug dealer's office. <laughs> certain certain phone booths you just weren't going to go into because you know they were being operated by a illegal LLC. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, the quote track, if it got to a specific price level that I liked, and I would do pivot numbers. Pivot numbers are you know, common floor numbers, and because I was only interested in buying, I wanted to see it move above a certain level, and I wanted to see it. Once it did that, I wanted to see it pull back down into that same level, so it would break it. So break, for instance, like R1. Now, now some of you that don't know what this is are going to be like, "What is R1?" Maybe this resistance R2, resistance two, and S1 plus one, S2 we support two, and then you have your pivot number. Now, before you listen to this and start thinking, wow, he's giving me secrets to go out there and start, it's garbage. Don't listen to it. Don't, don't. Any kind of weight behind that, okay? I'm not trying to convince you that this stuff is useful. But that was what I was subscribing to at the time. So when I was watching the Quotrek, for instance, at the soybean market went above R1 and came back down into R1, I would expect it to find support there. And then... Because I was bullish that day and I only wanted to be long, I didn't go short on anything. I would use that return back to R1 as my like support level to buy. So here's what I was doing. Now think about this, folks, because this is absolutely insane. Okay. <laughs> this is the epitome of unrealistic expectations. That's what a young ICT or before ICT became ICT. The young fledgling Huddleston that was out there sweating his doing menial work, racing around town to try to get his route done, making next to nothing, daydreaming the entire time that he's going to escape that rat race with the gambling procedure that I'm about to explain to you. So I'm watching Quotrek. Quotrek is like, the, um, well, if you look at the, I, got, I have the new Galaxy Note 20. And honestly, this is almost the size of the Quotrek. Quotrek, I think it's a little, it feels, feels by memory, it feels a little bit wider by memory than the phone I'm actually holding my hand right now. So it was basically about that dimension in terms of size. And I had it duct tape, yes, duct tape to my windshield of my truck. So I would be staring at that instead of watching the road most of the time. I would go over the lines, dangerously doing everything wrong, reckless, okay? I was trading and driving with reckless abandonment. <laughs> yes, I know, I'm proud of it, but it is true. So I'm just letting you know how it was. But when I got that breakout above the R1 and it came back to R1, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have a big range day. I'm buying strength. So what I would do is I would basically try to time in between my stops now, mind you. I'm driving. I'm paying attention to cars around me, making sure I'm following the stop signs and the red lights as best as I can because the markets are taking precedence over that. And also, while I'm in stops, the markets are still moving. But I'm thinking to myself the entire time that, hey, you know what? I got this figured out. You know, this is going to, the market will wait for me. You know, it, it owes me something. You know, the universe owes Michael Huddleston a favor. 
So it's it's reasonable for me at that time, 20 some years old, <laughs> expecting that while I'm in there loading candy machines and coffee machines and snack machines and fixing the ballot, uh, the bill validators that had the dollar bill jammed up this you took the initiative to put something in there with scotch tape on it and the bill acceptor would jam up and nobody could use it behind that one dollar. Do all those things, servicing the machine. The markets are still moving, folks. There's no pause. Then I come out to the truck, hurry up and race to get back into the cab, look and see where I'm at. I'm like, okay, what's the high of the day? Okay, all right, now, now I gotta find a phone. Because now it's done what I expected as the idea or the setup. Now the race begins. I gotta get to a payphone in this Isuzu truck. I think it was like a, a 14 foot cube truck. And I'm racing around to get to the nearest payphone. So I'm racing. I finally get a a payphone. And then sometimes somebody's on that payphone. So I'm flipping out. (laughs) I'm standing next to him. I'm like, listen, um, is there any way that I could, like, hurry you along? And, of course, you know what that response is going to be. You know, F you, buddy. Get out of here. Go find another phone. I can't find another phone. The markets are moving. I got to get on it. Like, I got to go. Nah. I got to wait. So I'm rushing back to the cabin truck. I'm looking at the core track. I'm missing the move. So now I'm telling myself, okay, I wanted to buy five. I wanted to buy one. So now I'm going to buy three because I missed part of the move. So I got to make that up, right? I mean, it's only common sense if that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, everybody understands that, right? <laughs> so sometimes I would get pissed off and say, I'm not going to wait for this person. And I would rush down the road and look for them. Now, over time, I got good at knowing where payphones were. But sometimes I didn't get to them in time. But when I did get to them, this is what happened. I dropped my 25 cents into it. Call the phone number. Lynn Waldo, I'm going to you. H desk, please. One second, please. And I'm going to give you the real time what it felt like waiting. H desk. And you give them your account number and your PIN number. They say, okay, what's your order? I would like to buy three Christmas wheat at the market. You want to hold for your confirmation? Yes. Okay, you bought three Christmas wheat at whatever the price they give you. Give me confirmation number. Do you want to put a stop on? No. Thank you. Bye. Rush back down to the truck. Get in my truck. Start driving. Forget where my next stop was because I'm watching price retrace against me at $150 per penny because each penny is 50 bucks. So now I'm watching it go back down to R1 or something equivalent with no stop loss. Now it goes to a level that I'm not comfortable with. I'm not comfortable with where it's trading now. So where am I back? to finding a payphone. I gotta find a payphone. Not my next stop, I gotta about that. I gotta get to a payphone. <laughs> Can you imagine, think about this folks. I know some of you can't really grasp this, but this is madness. This is how I started. This is how I did this stuff. And I believed that I was gonna be successful with that insurmountable odd, that Olympic feat that I was laying before me every single day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> 
I was thinking to myself, man, I can't put up with this. So I stopped trading on Thursdays and Fridays. I couldn't handle it. The stress was too much. I had to wind down so I could enjoy the, at least some rest of the part of the weekend. So I had to do now what? I had to squeeze whatever trades I was going to do into Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Why? Because I couldn't weather the emotional and psychological effects of what I was trying to do. So not only was the young ICT, <laughs> was he confident in himself? I don't think it was so much confident. I was just wildly gambling, wildly gambling. And I was just hoping to hit the lottery on every single trade. And not only was I trying to beat the market, have the right direction, pick my best price, while the price is moving around all over the place, only time my entry, but I had to time the location of where I was in Maryland in proximity to a payphone. Now, I would love to sit here and tell you that this worked out. <laughs> it didn't. It did not do that. I, I literally went through three accounts trying to do that same stuff. Blowing it, blowing it, and blowing it. Convincing myself each time. I'll just be better. I literally went around in my personal vehicle on my route in my personal car, driving around, making special note of where every single payphone would be. Now think about that. That's how obsessive compulsive kicks in when you have it like I got it. And it'll convince you sometimes that what you're doing is the only way it's gonna work when sometimes it's impossible and this was impossible. So why am I telling you this stuff? I'm telling you that I started with the most unrealistic expectation and realist, unrealistic approach that anybody could ever have imagined. I did that stuff and I blew accounts and rushed and tried to make things happen faster because I was uncomfortable. So contrast that with what I was telling you in the last Twitter space, where some of you feel like, well, I'm not even gonna bother doing this now. You took this steam rate out of my engine, the wind out of my sails, you took the, the get up and go got up and went without me. That's not what that was intended for, folks. I might be wrong. And how awful would it be if I am and you just said, I'm not going to do it. I want you to feel inspired. Like, put all of the other things you're doing and wasting your time. Focus on improving yourself with this. You have time. How much time? I'm not certain. When I said within less than two years, we'll say it that way. We'll see major changes. I did not say you're not gonna be able to trade in that time frame. Eventually, there might be something that will temporarily make it unavailable for us to trade. Will they resume trading? Yes, I believe so. But will there be a period of time where you can't? Well, if you were alive or aware of what was going on when September 11th occurred, nobody was allowed to trade for a while. They kept the markets closed. So it might be something like that, or it might be a little bit longer. I don't know. All I'm saying is just prepare. Just prepare and have it in mind that that might be something that takes place. And if it does, you're not surprised by it. It's not going to wig you out. And also, you've made preparations at home, and you've got some extra food and over-the-counter medicines and things that would just allow you to be a little bit more comfortable and not be without, and that would cause more stress. That's all I was suggesting to you folks. Some of you take things to the extreme. And yes, 
I was a little fired up because it angers me that this is going on. It angers me. And it even pisses me off even more that people want to deny it like it ain't going on because they don't want to see it. They want to ignore it like it ain't there, like it's somehow because they don't want to subscribe to it being real. Your emotions aren't going to change the facts that this is going on and nobody's going to stop it. So worrying about it isn't going to add anything to you. So how do you avoid it being a negative impact on you and your life? Just do the best you can. That's all you can do. Nobody's I mean, I have a lot of stuff saved up, but I don't know. So it's something that you just continuously work towards. That's all. That's all you're doing. And that way, if you're doing something in the right direction, positively trying to secure a skill set and hopefully in, in a short period of time of doing the right things, you can start working towards making additional income. Will all of you be able to do that? No. But some of you will. And it would be a terrible thing to not at least try. And if you don't try, that's failure. That's failure. If you don't at least try, you basically laid down and said, you know what, I'm going to take whatever it means. And basically what you're saying is you deserve that to happen to you. When I don't think that, and you shouldn't think that either. So I want to kind of add that to what I wish I would have included in the last discussion, because I, I was thinking how that would have been much better in terms of how I could have ended the last, <laughs> because most of you feel depressed and that's not what I did it for. I wanted you to feel fired up. Like, you know what? That's all right. Game on. I'm ready. Whatever's coming, I'm going to get myself ready for it. That's my, and I might not be fully ready for it. I don't fear it, but I know I'm going to be feeling those things when everything happens because I have children. I'm not fearful for myself. I'm fearful for my children because if something happens to me, you know, the dad in me, because it's Father's Day, everybody that's a father gets what I'm about to say. You, you know, I will lay down everything for my kids. I, I'm not, I'm not glued to this world for anything except for them. And if they could be 100% where I would appreciate their ability to do what it is that I do, or at least a partial percentage of what I can do, I could lay down and not worry about anything anymore. So that kind of like motivates me. It motivates me to do that same thing with all of you folks that I probably will never meet. But I think about every, every day, all of you, wondering what you're doing right now, working towards improving yourself, shoring up your ability to make ends meet. That's the kind of guru I want to be remembered for. I don't want to be the guy that promised you a Lamborghini. I never did that. I'm the guy that's trying to talk to you with common sense. And sometimes I'm going to say things that's going to probably unsettle you. Sometimes it's going to make you feel a little fearful. But folks, look around. This is the really real world. It isn't going to always touch you with a soft glove and feather. Although that on a Saturday night. Bottom line is this. Do what you need to do. How you can. And when you can. And that's all you can do. Your skill set. Focus on that. 
because I promise you, and as I mentioned many times before, if you learn how to do this well, it is easy for money to fall into your hands. And that can happen overnight through funded accounts, partnerships with someone, because guess what, folks? That's legal too. You can literally go into partnerships and they fund the account and you are the person that would be operating the uh, the trades and executing and you split 50-50. There's plenty of people that want to do things like that. Or if you have money saved up and you get your skill set to where it would be to be consistent, then you just go in with your own money. There isn't one way, okay? I give you multiple ways to do this. You just have to figure out which one you're going to do after you learn how to do it. That's the number one priority right now. Preparing yourself so that way you can. And once that occurs, greed will always exist. It will always exist. It's going to be there. People are going to be looking for ways to make more money real soon. And guess what you're going to be? You're going to be that person that can do that for them. How empowering will that be? So you listened to what I said in the last live and got depressed. Like somehow it's the end of the world and no hope. Everything's all, it's all from here. But you can literally change the whole dynamic of your entire life just by simply learning this skill set. Once you have it, it's, it's a skill set that will serve you. And when things get crazy, people are going to be losing their jobs and they're going to be scrambling to make money. And there's a lot of people with a lot of money that will not have faith in who they were working with before. All you got to do is be able to prove you can do it and money will literally line up for you. So a bit of inspiration and kind of contrast what I gave you the last time. It wasn't meant for you to be defeated in your feelings and emotions. So hopefully this was a little bit better for you. And again, enjoy your week.